وَإِذَا and when مَسَّ الْإِنسَانَ مَسَّ it touched الْإِنسَانَ the human being what touched human being ضُرٌ hardship some damage some deprivation some kind of distress and the word ضُر applies to such distress that may be in one's body meaning physical it may be emotional mental it may be concerning one's wealth financial it may be in one's circumstances the situation that he is in any kind of hardship any kind of adversity what happens to a person when he is afflicted by difficulty da'a he calls upon he did dua he made dua to who rabbahu to his lord how does he make dua to his lord muniban returning one who returns repeatedly ilayhi to him to who only to allah and the word munib from the root letters noon wa inaba we learned this word earlier also it means to return how repeatedly over and over again meaning a person just came but now again he is going back he came and now again he is going back from the same root is the word now which is also used for a honeybee because what does a honeybee do it doesn't stay in its hive correct it's constantly flying from flower to flower collecting nectar or collecting whatever it has to collect and each time it has something it goes back to the hive but it doesn't just stay there so this is munib so muniban ilayhi constantly repeatedly he's turning back to allah why because that dur it doesn't let him stay still in that dur in that hardship he cannot help but call upon allah and he calls upon allah repeatedly sitting standing in the morning in the night while working while eating because this is what happens when a person is suffering from distress when a person is in pain then this is a chance to turn back to allah and when a person has tried everything in order to help himself but nothing works then what does he realize the only hope is in who allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so muniban ilayhi whether he is alone or he is sitting amongst people no matter what's going on he's calling upon allah why is he calling upon allah so that the dur is removed so that the hardship goes away so that he can receive some blessing from allah but then what happens summa then idha when khawalahu khawalahu ni'matan minhu when allah bestows on him a favor khawalahu from the root letters kha waw lam khawala yukhawilu takhwil is to give such a favor that is given in the control of that person you see there's different types of blessings we use there are some blessings that we use up and there are other blessings that we use what's the difference you get an apple you eat it you've used it up all right but then there is another blessing like for example a house a kitchen all right a dish a pot a ladle whatever it is a dress a car these are things that we don't just use up we use them you understand you don't just use a pot once you use it over and over again you don't just use a car once and you're done with it cars are not disposable although the way things are going you never know everything is becoming disposable hmm? so 
خَوَّلَهُ خَوَّلَ means أَعْطَى and أَمْلَكَ أَعْطَى meaning he gave a favor and then أَمْلَكَ he also gave ownership as in control of it. So ثُمَّ إِذَا خَوَّلَهُ نِعْمَةً مِّنْهُ Now tell me, what kind of gifts do we really like? Things that we just use up once and we're done with them or things that we can actually keep? Things that we can keep. I mean, a chocolate bar is nice as it is. It's very nice. You enjoy it, but you just enjoy it at that moment, correct? But if it's something else, you know, that's more concrete, that's such that you can keep, that you can use over and over again, you feel more in control. So, ثُمَّ إِذَا خَوَّلَهُ نِعْمَةً مِنْهُ مِنْهُ From himself. Meaning only Allah can give such favors. So Allah gave him the gift and he also gave him control over it. He also gave him authority over it, power over it, so that he could use it by his will whenever he wants. خَوَّلَهُ نِعْمَةً مِنْهُ And ni'ma also means that the dhur was removed. Because remember, a favor is of two types. A blessing is of two types. One is that we get something we want. Alright? We get something that we want. Like for example, you were sick, you get health. Alright? You get a car, you get a ride, you get a pen, you get a phone, you get a computer, whatever it is. Alright? You want something. So for example, if you were suffering from extreme headaches for a whole week, and then finally those headaches are gone, isn't that a nirma? It's a huge nirma. Right? You were sick with a cold, for two weeks, for a month, and then finally that episode is over. Isn't that a nirma? It's a nirma. So removal of difficulty is also a nirma. So thumma ida khawalahu nirmata minhu. When Allah bestows on him a favor from himself, meaning the person could not have acquired it himself. He could never have acquired it himself. It was only Allah's favor on him that he got that blessing. Whether it was a gift or the removal of some harm. What's the reaction of this person? Nasiya. He forgot. What did he forget? Ma that which. Kana he was. Meaning previously. Yad'u he was calling, meaning making dua, ilayhi to it. He forgot that which he was calling upon or calling for. Before. Before what? Before the ni'mah. What dua was he making before this blessing? He was making dua for the removal of hardship. He was making dua to receive some good from Allah. Now once he receives his benefits from Allah, what does he do? He forgets the fact that he was even making dua to Allah. He goes on enjoying his blessings. He's so engrossed into them that he even forgets that a week ago, he was making dua to Allah desperately. Now, a whole day goes by and he doesn't even remember Allah. Whereas just a week ago, what was he doing? Sitting, standing, lying down, whenever he got a moment, he was making dua to Allah. Nasiya ma kana yad'u ilayhi min qabl. And ma kana yad'u, it can also refer to Allah. Meaning he forgot the one. Meaning the one whom he was making dua to before. وَجَعَلَ And instead, what's worse is that he made لِلَّهِ for Allah أَنْدَادًا equals, rivals. أَنْدَاد is the plural of the word nid. What is nid? A partner, an equal, meaning someone who is equal to another in some attribute. 
Someone who is equal to another in some attribute. Alright? So, وَجَعَلَ لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا He sets up rivals for Allah. Now, who is the one who gives blessings? Who is Al-Muhsin, Al-Mu'ti, Al-Wahhab, Al-Mannan? Who is it? Al-Razzaq. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Correct? So when he makes Andad for Allah, what is this shirk referring to? That he, instead of realizing that the blessing has come from Allah, he thinks the means, whether it is in the form of a person, or some business, or some medication, right? Or whatever it was that helped him come out of that trouble, he thinks that that was the source of relief. Whereas, that person or that medication or whatever it was, it was just a means sent by who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, وَجَعَلَ لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا He sets up rivals to Allah. لِيُضِلَّ As a result, he leads astray. لِيُضِلَّ Lam over here is of عَاقِبَةً عَاقِبَةً means as a consequence, as a result. Meaning, as a result of this action of his, that in distress he called upon Allah, once he got what he wanted, he forgot about Allah, and instead he's thanking others, he's giving credit to everyone else but Allah, then by this action, what is he doing? Yudillah. He is misleading other people, an sabilihi, from his way. From whose way? From the way of Allah. Because you see, typically what happens? When a person is in some distress, regardless of how religious or non-religious they are, eventually there comes a point where they call upon God. Right? But when they see that somebody is, you know, they are not religious and they're perfectly fine and they have whatever they want, then looking at this person, what do they think? It's not necessary to make dua. It's not necessary to call upon God. So, by this action of indifference to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what is he doing? He's promoting the culture of ignoring God. لِيُضِلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ قُلْ Say, say to this person, تَمَتَّعْ بِكُفْرِكَ قَلِيلًا Enjoy in your disbelief, قَلِيلًا a little. Enjoy your disbelief, how long? For a little while. قَلِيلًا over here means little as in in time, and enjoyment that is little also. The quantity, the quality of that enjoyment is also brief. It is little compared to the enjoyment of the hereafter. A severe warning is given at the end. Indeed, you are from the companions of the fire. This is a threat for such an ungrateful person. Surah Al-Zumar, from the beginning, what is it that we have been seeing in this surah? The theme of ikhlas. Making ourselves sincere for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And here, in this ayah and the following verses, we see more examples of ikhlas, meaning how is it that we can develop sincerity for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In particular, what's mentioned in this ayah is a certain character, which unfortunately is very common. Very, very common. This behavior is very common in people. And what is this? That in normal circumstances, what is the attitude of many people? That whatever blessings they have, they complain about them. Because you see in the previous ayah what was mentioned, ingratitude. If you're grateful, yardahu lakum. And if you're ungrateful, Allah does not like it for you. Because the sad reality is that majority of the times, people complain about the blessings they have. 
And then, at times of need, what do they do? They pray to Allah. They call upon Allah. They seek Allah's help. And how is it that they call upon Allah? Muniban ilayhi. And inabah also gives the meaning of ikhlas, of sincerity. Because constantly going back to Allah alone, Him alone. So at that time, they don't associate any partners with Allah. Rather they implore upon Allah constantly so that their hardship is removed and the trial is taken away. Because nothing else worked. Right? So then he ends up calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the purpose of hardship. This is the purpose of difficulty of dur. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala afflict difficulty upon us? So that we turn to Him. So that we call upon Allah. But the problem over here is that once this person's need is met, once he gets what he wants, then he forgets Allah. And this is problematic. That a person remembers Allah only when he wants something. Only when he's in extreme trouble. Now this doesn't mean that if we are in difficulty, we say, oh, I can't make dua because in good times I don't make dua, so why should I make dua right now? No. Allah has put us in difficulty so that we turn back to Him. Now learn a lesson and don't forget Him once you get your needs fulfilled. In Surah Yunus, ayah number 12, this is mentioned. وَإِذَا مَسَّ الْإِنسَانَ الضُّرُّ دَعَانَا لِجَنْبِهِ أَوْ قَاعِدًا أَوْ قَائِمًا When some difficulty afflicts man, he calls upon us on his side, meaning when lying down, when sitting, and when standing. Good. Very good. But the problem is, فَلَمَّا كَشَفْنَا عَنْهُ ضُرَّهُ مَرَّ كَأَنْ لَمْ يَدْعُنَا إِلَى ضُرٍ مَسَّهُ when we remove the hardship from him, he goes on as if he never made dua to Allah. You see, even as people, who is it that we consider to be our friend? Someone who just calls us when they're in some need? Hmm? Who is it that we consider our friend? People who connect with us on a regular basis. Not just when they want something from us. Isn't it? And if there are people who generally don't care about you, but every time they're in some trouble, then they give you a call, not just once, but five times. And they send you a message, not just a text message, but also a WhatsApp. And if there's any other thing that you have, they try to reach you through every possible means, sending you messages through others also. And then as soon as you've helped them, then it's as if you don't exist for them anymore. How does that feel? How does that feel, just as a human being? Would you consider this person to be a friend or just somebody who uses you? Just somebody who uses you. Isn't it? And it's sad, even human beings don't deserve such behavior. Isn't it? We say, I don't deserve this kind of treatment from this person. If we don't like it for ourselves, we think we deserve better. What does Allah deserve from us? What does Allah deserve from us? When everything we have is from Him. This is unfair. This is really unfair. So over here, we are being reminded that look, when is it that you call upon Allah only? Because this kind of attitude, what does it promote? It promotes a culture of ingratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Pray only when you want something. Otherwise, forget about Him. لِيُضِلَّ عَن سَبِيلِ 
This is a means of going astray and also leading other people astray. Amman. On contrast, in contrast, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions another example. Am or man who, huwa he is, qanitun, devoutly obedient. Qanit. Qanit is from qunut. One who observes qunut. And what is qunut? Constant obedience. With humility. Not just in times of distress and difficulty, but also in good times. Amman huwa qanitun. What do you think about the one who is devoutly obedient? When? Ana al-layl. Ana, plural of the word, inyun. Inyun, a time period. So ana, time periods. And it's, you can translate this as hours. But don't think of it as literally a 60 minute hour, right? A period of time. Ana al-layl. During hours of the night. When is he obedient to Allah? At what time? In the hours of the night. Meaning in night. When people are asleep. And what is he doing? Sajidan. One who is prostrating. Waqa'iman. And one who is standing. When is it that we do sajda and qiyam? In what? In salah. Meaning in the night this person is performing the prayer. Why? يَحْذَرُ الْآخِرَةِ Is there any prayer that is legislated for that time? No. I mean there is a Isha prayer and then after that there is a time period when there is no obligatory prayer. The next one is Fajr. But during the night there is no prescribed prayer. What is he praying then? Nafil. Tahajjud. Night prayer. And what's the purpose? Is it to put a check mark? Okay, I've done my Isha, I've done my Fajr, I've done my Zuhur, Asr. Because this is how we pray most of the time, right? We're praying because we have to pray our five daily prayers. This person is praying the night prayer, يَحْذَرُ الْآخِرَةِ Because he is afraid of the hereafter. He is afraid, cautious, trying to protect himself. Because Hidr is such fear that leads you to take some kind of precautionary measures. It's not fear that causes you to freeze. It's fear that makes you take cover. So, يَحْذَرُ الْآخِرَةِ He is praying here because he is afraid of the hereafter. وَيَرْجُو And he hopes for, he's hoping for رَحْمَةَ رَبِّهِ The mercy of his Lord. يَرْجُو from the word غَجَاء So he's praying out of fear of the hereafter, the difficulties and the punishment of the hereafter, and hoping for the mercy of his Lord. Which mercy? When? In this world and in the next world. What's the rahmah referring to? So that the dur is removed from him. He's making dua to Allah in the night. He's praying to Allah in the night. Hoping for rahmah. So that his difficulties in this world are removed. And also he gets reward in the hereafter. Allah says, قُلْ say, هَلْ is يَسْتَوِي He is equal. Are they equal? Who? الَّذِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ Those people who have ilm, those who know. وَالَّذِينَ And those who la يَعْلَمُونَ They do not know. Are they the same? People who know and people who don't know. Are they equal? No, they're not equal. Because look at the difference in their action. 
One is a person who is ignorant of his Lord, ignorant of the hereafter. He calls upon Allah just for some worldly reasons. And as soon as he has his dunya fixed, he forgets about Allah. And the other is the one who is calling upon Allah for a greater reason, not just for dunya reasons, but also the hereafter. قُلْ هَلْ يَسْتَوِ الَّذِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ إِنَّمَا Indeed only, يَتَذَكَّرُ He takes heed. Who? أُلُوا الْأَلْبَابِ People of the intellect, people of understanding. They're the ones who really take a lesson. Now we see over here, this person is also afflicted with some hardship. Because this is a continuation of the previous ayah. Right? So, وَإِذَا مَسَّ الْإِنسَانَ ضُرٌ When difficulty hits man, one reaction is that he only makes dua to Allah at that time and then later on he forgets. And the other attitude is mentioned in this ayah, ayah number 9. That the hardship woke this person up. So what did he do? He knelt before his Lord. He was kneeling before Allah. But he knew that the hardship of the hereafter is much more severe. The hardship of this dunya, it woke him up. Because you see, we're human beings. We need some push. We need some incentive. We need some, you know, a pinch or something to move us. Otherwise, I mean, if everything is good, it would be very difficult to wake up in the middle of the night and make dua to Allah. Isn't it? But when you have a whole lot of exams coming up, right? Or when you have some financial crises or some health issues or family problems, whatever it is, it doesn't let you sleep. Isn't it? It makes you wake up in the middle of the night. But then when you wake up in the middle of the night and you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for relief, the person who has knowledge, he realizes that the troubles of the hereafter are far greater. Here I am crying about the pain that I feel in my body. Imagine the pain in hellfire. So then a person thinks of the greater distress of the hereafter. So then he doesn't just say, رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَا But he also says, وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَةً وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ So you see over here the dur became a means for him to wake up and draw closer to Allah. You understand? He didn't forget Allah after his needs were met. No. He really found closeness to Allah through this difficulty. And notice over here, يَحْذَرُ الْآخِرَةَ وَيَرْجُوا رَحْمَةَ رَبِّهِ When he's praying to Allah, what's the objective? There is a combination of fear and hope. يَحْذَرُ الْآخِرَةَ Fear. يَرْجُوا رَحْمَةَ رَبِّهِ Hope. There is a combination of fear and hope. And then who is mentioned? Those who have knowledge. So people of knowledge, they combine hope with fear. The person who has ilm combines hope with fear. And it's the way of the ignorant to only dwell upon fear or only dwell in hope. Because the Qur'an is very balanced. Isn't it? Very balanced. Where punishment is mentioned, reward is also mentioned. Where the don'ts are mentioned, the do's are also mentioned. Where the prohibitions are mentioned, the, the allowed matters are also mentioned. So the Qur'an creates a balanced personality. So with true knowledge, a person is able to combine hope with fear. We see in a hadith, the Prophet ﷺ, once he entered upon a young man who was at the verge of dying. 
And the Prophet ﷺ asked him, how do you feel? And the man said, I have hope in Allah, O Messenger of Allah, but I also fear my sins. I have hope in Allah, but at the same time I'm afraid of my sins. And the Prophet ﷺ said, these two things, meaning hope and fear, do not coexist in the heart of a person in a situation like this, except that Allah will give him that which he hopes for and keeps him safe from that which he fears. Meaning if at this time, at the verge of dying, if you have hope and fear in your heart, then what will happen? Allah will give you what you're hopeful for and he will protect you from what you are afraid of. So this beautiful combination has to be there. Hope and fear. Why hope? Because why not? Why not have hope in Allah? Is there any sin that is difficult for Allah to forgive? None at all. Allah's forgiveness is always greater than our sins. Isn't it so? It's always, always greater than our sins. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His name is At-Tawwab. So why not have hope in Allah? And with regards to our difficulties in life, again, why not have hope in Allah? Because if every night, think about it, every night, once the time is over, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings the day. After every winter, spring comes. Then why not in our life when there is a chapter of hardship, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can definitely bring a chapter of, of good, of khair, ease. It's possible for him. So hope and why fear? Why fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because definitely even the smallest of sin is a serious sin. Why? Because it's committed against who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, yawju rahmata rabbi, both of them need to be combined, fear and hope. We will listen to the recitation. وَإِذَا مَسَّ الْإِنسَانَ ضُرٌ دَعَا رَبَّهُ مُنِيبًا إِلَيْهِ دَعَا رَبَّهُ مُنِيبًا إِلَيْهِ ثُمَّ إِذَا خَوَّلَهُ نِعْمَةً مِنْهُ نَسِيَ مَا كَانَ يَدْعُو إِلَيْهِ نَسِيَ مَا كَانَ يَدْعُو إليه من قبل وجعل لله أندادا ليضل عن سبيله قل تمتع بكفرك قليلا إنك من أصحاب النار أمن هو قانت آناء الليل ساجدا وقائما يحذر الآخرة ويرجو رحمة ربه قل هل يستوي الذين يعلمون والذين لا يعلمون إنما يتذكر أولو الألباب